The Bar Star Podcast is a show that aims for something a little different. It's hosted by a drummer who thinks he's a musician. But let's be honest, I know and you know that drummers are not musicians, right? Or are they? Hang on a second, who wrote this crap? This is garbage. Nobody's gonna listen to a show put on by somebody they haven't heard of. Welcome to another episode of the Bar Star Podcast. Today is Mar April, the 97th day of the Black Plague, quarantine edition. I am your host, and obviously silly Stephen O'Reilly. And I want to thank you guys for coming back once again to hang out with my dumbass. I appreciate it. I also appreciate the downloads you guys are giving me. I keep an eye on the numbers, and obviously, since I've been doing shows every week, I'm back to doing shows every week. That apparently makes you guys happy, and I appreciate it. Since I don't have any sponsors anymore, I would greatly be indebted to all of you, mythically, because a lot of you I've never met. If you would go to iTunes and give me a five-star review, it just helps people find the show, and we're all trying to grow whatever we can in these weird times, especially us musicians, because God knows when we'll be able to play on stage in public again. Now, I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody had a good week, and as the new always, I hope you guys are staying safe and shit. Wear your masks. Look like bandits. Speaking of bandits... If you were listening to the show two weeks ago on April 17th, which would have been a Friday, I dropped a bonus show releasing my buddy Dusty Bowe's single called Bandit. Uh, It's a great song. He's written a hell of a song. He's got a lot of people on the record. Uh, He is going to release one single a month and then release the full record or somewhere around the end of summer. But... As you have put together, and if you read the description of this show, my hang today is with Dusty Bow, so we get into all of that stuff. But if you have not checked out his single, Bandit, you need to do that. In fact, go do it now. I'll wait. Okay, I'm done waiting. We had a great conversation. He's got a good memory. He remembers a lot of stuff. We talk about how we met, um, where we met, and all that kind of shit. And we get into details about him moving to L.A. when he was just 21. Uh, Just a young chap. Picked up, left Louisville, and went to Los Angeles to, as we say, chase the dream. And we talk a lot about what he did in L.A., his time in L.A. He actually did a lot of cool shit. And he's a hell of a songwriter, hell of a guitar player. uh, And he's turned into a good singer. And that's not a slam on him. He decided he wanted to sing out of necessity, which we talk about that as well. So... I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I hope you enjoy this conversation. It was a lot of fun. He's a funny dude. We had a lot of laughs, uh, gave each other a whole lot of shit, introduced him to my cat. It was kind of weird. Don't worry, kids. It was over Skype. We're social distancing. All that garbage said, I will talk to you on the other side of this. Here is my conversation with the one talented Dusty Bow.
so long. It's well, seriously. Yeah. I've I've had a lot of people that want to FaceTime, and but I'm not an Apple guy. Everything yeah. I have is Android or PC. This seems to be higher quality too, honestly, than most if FaceTimes. You, if you have a good connection, what I've noticed is Skype is super, super clear. I've only had one, um, maybe two, that it was kind of shitty. And when I did the, the Delana episode last year, she Skyped me from fucking Holland. You know, oh, cool. I don't know if you listen to that show, but the quality on her end was great. All right, so I am sitting here via i hate that fucking word i want to say via and everybody says it's via Is it? you I know what it was via you know what i'm gonna do for today i'm not saying it that way anymore nope it's via 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 i'm with you I, I i never knew it was via or no i'm sorry see we did it backwards i fucked with you i was gonna say it's i got you it's via 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 facetime or via the, skype the confusion <laughs> on your face is priceless yeah well Actually, I, the 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 whole running joke is everybody. I shouldn't say everybody. I had a lot of people the first time I did it. Everybody that texted me said you're supposed to say that word via. So now I'm just super smart ass about it. But I've always said via too. Anyway, sitting here on Skype looking at my buddy who I haven't seen in a long time. A one Mr. Dusty Bo. How are you? Buddy? Hey, hey, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm fantastic. I like the drums behind you on the green wall. It's kind of cool. Dude, you know I got those. When I was um, I was selling a bunch of pedals, you probably saw I put putting like all kinds of shit up on marketplace. Right, um, I probably saw some if, of it. Yeah. If, yeah, and it was, but I mean, it was it was amps, guitars, and guitar pedals because I was saving up one to make my record. I had a bunch of stuff I was getting rid of, and then this guy. So I was getting all these offers, even though it said cash only. Um, this guy hit me up and asked me if I wanted to. A guitar this like parlor stella parlor guitar and trade for the c9 organ pedal i had and i was like no nah, man i need cash because i'm recording a record and he goes okay well how about a pearl export series drum kit with cymbals and hardware and i was like <laughs> okay <laughs> so he's, he's, he sent me the picture of it and you know it's a five it's a five piece and like and he gave me he did forget to give me one of the cymbal stands but it's all right i i had I had a buddy that had one. And, well, you know Cage Hooker. Remember Cage? Yeah, I haven't seen him in forever, but yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he had a, a couple stands that he let me get. And anyways, and turn out the guy, um, his name's Tyler. He works for a radio station in Cincinnati and at a v- venue. So it was kind of like, oh, cool. It's a good contact. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, win, now, win, win. <laughs> it is a good win, win. Now, just for my listeners, yeah. you are actually not a drummer. I've had a couple of drummers in a row, so I think my listeners are getting mad at me. Right. But <laughs> we, you are a fine guitar player. But before we get into Thank all you. of that, let's start from the beginning. You were born and you grew up. And then we met at Mom's Music when I was teaching there the first time. Yes. A fucking million years ago. Yeah, that would have been, what, 2007? Seven. Yeah. Had to be seven or eight because I moved here in 2007. Yeah, it would have, yeah. Because I think I only worked there for, I was there for, I think, a year. Yeah, you didn't work there long, and then you disappeared, and, and I think you got abducted by California aliens. <laughs> Not real sure what happened. Pretty much. But, but that is where we met. So on the show i will say straight up i know a little bit about you but i don't know a whole lot about you so what's the what's the short backstory of you are you from louisville i am yeah i was born okay. and raised born and raised in louisville um and uh i 
started playing started playing guitar when I was seven, and then I started playing um, live performances. Probably this was, I think my junior year in high school. Gotcha. Um, and then that was like an acoustic duo I did with my friend that I, this girl I went to high school with, and then. Um, I formed my first band, which was the guys that you met, you know, Burkhart and Erwin and those guys. And, you know, we went by one giant leap at the time. Wasn't my, uh, wasn't my idea for the name, but I went with it cause I'm a team I like player. the hand <laughs> in the screen. No, I, I didn't do that. That was not me. <laughs> I just wanted, I was so excited to have a band for the first time. I was just like, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll go with that name. So whatever. And, Dude, uh, one of my first bands was called Blacklight. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey chew on that what? for a second you know what though no, whatever it's uh <laughs> i would have taken your band name i would have taken blacklight <laughs> if i had to pick but uh that's funny where was that now where is it that yeah because where you came from where, well you where, can't be asking me questions pal. oh okay i'm still i'm, I'm just I'm, kidding I'm, I'm, I'm giving you shit um no that that band was in uh i spent I spent the majority of my teenage years in North and South Carolina, the Charlotte right, area. Okay. Uh, and that band was in a little shithole city outside of Charlotte called Gastonia. Uh, the very short, 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 short version of that is I was banging the bass player, who was a girl. And she had her cousin, her cousin, who was a girl, had uh had a drum kit and all this gear because she was always trying to write music and this, that, and the other. And, they introduced they introduced me to sorry i won't say the bass player's name she introduced me to her cousin and they were trying to quote form a band and it was really just kind of a sexual thing for me but it was also a drum kit and i didn't have one at the time so i went hey i'm in so it was my first band was a three-piece two girls myself and we called ourselves blacklight Wow. I, don't remember, I don't remember what we did. I know we never played a show. I don't remember if we did covers. I don't remember if we wrote, tried to write songs. I don't remember anything other than the drums were white. One of the girls, the, the guitar player girl, I won't say her name either, was uh, a preacher's kid. So we rehearsed oh. in her dad's church. <laughs> wow. Blacklight. <laughs> There you go. I don't think I've ever told that story on the show. It, that story's in my book, but I've never told it on the show. So, yeah, there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, back to you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I started doing uh, gigging live, you know, with that band. And we opened, you know, we opened for you guys in Heaven Hill a few times, which was, which was Wait, cool. What? You opened for us? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember this. God, my memory. And I don't even do drugs. It's okay. Okay. So, so bad. I'm such an awful fucking human being. One time. No, you're not. No, you're not. Actually, I'm not. I will say this. When I first moved here, the first year I was here, I was inundated with so much fucking shit and so many people. I'm surprised I remember even moving here. Right. It's crazy. Anyway, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, I, was, I think we, we, did, we did a couple shows with you guys at Phoenix Hill. And then, uh, what was that place? I think it was called Shooters off of Dixie Highway or something like that or Preston. Evan Hill played there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was us, you guys, and then there was another band. I can't remember the name. Um, I just remember they covered they covered Dishwalla. They covered Counting Only Blue Cars by Dishwalla. You used to play with their guitar player. You were in a band previously with the, their, their guitar player. Oh, my God, I remember that. Um, yeah. I don't remember the name of the venue. It did not last long, and the stage was fucking weird, and it was yes. about four four or five feet high 
and there was these weird palm trees on either side of it, right? No, no, no. That was no, that was another one. Okay, no, that, we didn't. I didn't. I didn't. We didn't play with you guys there, but I saw you guys play that. It was the opening of the Thunderdome. Okay, I remember the Thunderdome. I I know what venue you're talking about because the band was um Echo Valve. Echo Valve. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I was in I was in a band with their guitar player in Atlanta. He was part of the reason why I wound up in Atlanta. Um in 2001 2002 whenever the hell it was when i moved to atlanta okay him and the singer had a band called exit left and i say him and the singer because they formed it not the singer for echo valve the okay. they were partners back in atlanta um the band i was in at the time went to atlanta and we traded out shows we brought them to columbia south carolina we went down to atlanta they liked me um and they were thinking about firing their drummer and they made me an offer because at the time they had a financial backer. So they made me an offer and I took it and that's how I wound up in Atlanta, but I hadn't seen Jay. His name is Jay. Great guitar player. Good. Yeah. I I remember. I I really enjoyed them. I remember. Yeah. They were a great band. He, um, I hadn't seen him up until that day, which I guess would have been Oh eight. Maybe Yeah. Uh, I hadn't seen Jay since I left Atlanta. no, Actually, since the band broke up, which would have been, I was in Atlanta for about another two years before I moved up here, ish. We'll call it a year and a half because I can't fucking remember. Um, but that was the first time I had seen Jay, and it was kind of weird because when I turned around and saw him, I went. My first thought was, "This is going to be fucking weird," but it was it was fine. He we hugged it out, and the irony of that show with Echo Valve is his drummer in that band was the guy that I replaced in the band in Atlanta weird <laughs> it, yeah dude it's it's fucking weird but it was cool because even the drummer and i, I forgive me i can't remember the guy's name um because that was so long ago he was super cool he he said man everything you guys did on that record was great i couldn't have played that shit and and it was cool and and i know you didn't have anything to do with it and i would have took the same offer and i was can we just hug and have a drink and shut the fuck up because now you're just getting weird on me um but yeah and, and in fact i've only seen jay one more time since that show i saw him uh um, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before, but he was doing a fill-in guitar spot for a touring band out of Chicago. Uh, okay. He's got a he, yeah, he's still playing. He's got a kid now. Uh, Jay's a great dude. I really like him. Um, at the time, I hated him, and he knows this. I'm not talking shit about him. We've talked about it, uh, and he hated me. It was just it, the end of that band. It, uh, Exit left in Atlanta just got super super shitty. Yeah, um, but we all grew up and moved on and figured out who fucked what up and where we dropped the ball and now we're fine. Everything's cool. Right on. That's good. Sorry. I, I commented your story again. <laughs> no, it's okay. That's you keep I, bringing I, up all these memories that I haven't I know, thought about in that, forever. That, that I was, that's what I've been looking forward to. Right? Cause there's other, there's just, you know, between us working at moms and some of those gigs that we did together, it was like, it was, you know, it was a long time ago, but I oddly have a, a, a very good memory. Um, yes, you do. You fucking weirdo. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Um, so anyways, okay, so then that band became Bolt Action Thrills. Cause so, so Luke, Luke now Powers. Now that's the band that I remember. Bolt Action Thrill. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So and I still, in fact, I still have the CD. Four Lessons for Lucifer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't, I don't awesome. know if you can see it, and I'm not going to edit this out, but if you look to my left, I guess it would be uh, your right on your screen. See that uh-huh. file cabinet back there? Yes. That file cabinet's about four and a half feet tall, and it's full of CDs. Nice. It's a it's a old school like army kind of file cabinet, and it's yeah. full of CDs. And one of the drawers, over half of the drawer, is 
all local stuff I've collected over the years, including some of my shit too, but it's all bands that have given me CDs or I've bought their CDs or we've traded CDs. Uh, I don't know which drawer it is in a desk. That's not important, but that's it cool. is in that file cabinet. Right on. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've recorded that EP and, um, then, you know, we played, I want to say we only played for like six months around town. Maybe, yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't much. It, it was. It was under a year. It was. It, it wasn't. You know, more than three quarters of a year. And uh, it was really weird. Like I, I had wanted to move out to California before. Like pretty much right out of high school. Um, that was impressive, by the way. I couldn't hear that cough at all. You covered that very well. <laughs> I have an amazing mute button on my mic. Oh, that's what it was. I was yes. like, damn, man, he. he Held it in. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, we. Um, By I, the way, I, for the record, for the record, I'm it, I'm not sick. FYI. I let's let's throw this out there. You Even look great, you, so I can oh, I can tell you. Girl, stop. I'm just saying because you called me out on coughing. I'm not sick, fuckers. I unfortunately still smoke, and I inhale a spit bubble. I mean, let's just throw me right out of. <laughs> That'll do it. Every time. <laughs> Those damn spit bubbles. Spit bubbles. Uh, okay, so anyway, you were saying you wanted to move to California yeah, since you were I, in high school. Yeah, because I we I'd taken a trip, a couple trips there when when I was in high school with my family, and just knowing about the history and stuff there, you know, and and the strip, and and a lot of my favorite bands, you know, Van Halen, you know, Crew, Guns and Roses, like that's who I was really into, um, right. especially right out of high school. So I I had wanted to go there, and then I was like, I was on my way to work one day. I was working at Jersey Mike Subs. And um, now this is I, after you left mom's, right? This was after I left. This was kind of no. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. This was after I left mom's. This was. Um, well, the only reason I'm saying that is because I remember you and I were talking and then and it's now it's starting. Some of it's starting to come back to me. It's a little fuzzy. Mm -hmm. That's Chris Jericho's band. To mm -hmm. It's a little fuzzy. Um, but I remember you and I were talking about doing something on the side and you were asking me about and correct me if I'm wrong. And if I need to edit this out, I will, but you were asking me about giving your drummer some lessons or some pointers and then you disappeared. You were gone. And I said, what the fuck happened to dusty? And then, well, he, he I think he's working at Jersey Mike's or subway or something. And then fast forward, however long it was, two, three, four months, you were in California. Huh, yeah, so that... Am I right? Am I close on that? I think so, because I remember, you know, we were always pretty blown away by seeing, you know, your uh, your stage presence and how you, you know, you behind the kit, you know, and that was another thing, too. I remember before I met you, another side story, before I met you, I remember seeing the, the DVDs, uh, oh, visual, it, it, the visual drumming, yeah. playing, playing on that thing over at Mom's. I'd sit there and I'd go watch it and I'd, like, try to tell... Tried this before, I, you know, we had video phones and whatever, so I'd go and I'd, like, try to tell Burkhart, like, our drummer, like, these things that you would do and, like, these stick flips and, like, he spits water real cool and just <laughs> <laughs> all this shit. And, and then Max would get mad at me for standing there for too long. Like, get, get back behind the fucking counter. <laughs> but uh, I think that that was probably on – that, that would have been uh, – that, 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 that sounds right. Like, we probably – especially asking, like – you know, to to give them some of the tips as, you know, visual drumming wise and whatnot, because we were always, you know, we definitely looked up to you guys and, uh, you know, we're always like, you know, really impressed by the your your show, especially your your skills. That was something well, that we 
we're very, very uh, intrigued by. Thank for you. Sure. I, I wasn't looking for a compliment. I was just trying to get the timeline right, but I do, I do appreciate that. No, yeah, and but uh, and because I I can vaguely remember remember that like talking with our drummer at the time and him being you know obviously being uh, impressed by you as we all were. So um, so yeah, I, I I had this. I was on my way to work once when I was on my way to Jersey Mike's, and I like had this. I just wanted to leave. I was like, I just want to drive and go there right now because it was like a, I was just having a, one of those days. And then a week or so goes by and I get the same feeling. I'm like, I just want to go. And so I texted all the guys in the band and I was like, what would you guys think about us um, moving, you know, selling our cars, buying a van and moving to L.A.? Because it wasn't just that, too. We had talked about touring and this, that and the other and like possibly relocating and I had always wanted to go there and I knew that if we went there, there was going to be, well, I knew and also slash thought that there would be a very, a big scene that we could be a part of. Right. You know, so. Which makes sense. Yeah. Or at least that's the thought that makes sense. Yeah. So we, you know, we met up and that night and uh, before we even met up, you know, when everybody texted me back, Burkhart was like, He's like, I mean, I love California. I'm down. Let's get together and talk about it. And then our drummer, Erwin, was like, I think it's a terrible idea. <laughs> and then Luke, Luke texts me, or he calls me. He calls me. He said, man, I just woke up to your text message from a dream I had that I sold my truck for $500. And I was like, okay, cool. That's, that's kind of a cool sign or whatever. So we got together and talked about it and was like, hey, you know, like, let's, are we going to like book some tours or are we going to, you know, what are we going to do? And I even tried, I talked with Max Maxwell and I was like, just to kind of get some, like, I guess, consulting advice, like what, you know, what, right. he, what and, and, uh, um, what's the easiest way to do it, so to speak. Yeah. And like, cause you know, we, we, uh, we were just, we didn't really know, you know, we, we, we knew that, you know, we could play shows around town and stuff, but we also saw these other bands packing up and going on tour. And it's like, that sounds right. But, we also kind of didn't really feel weirdly. I don't know why. Like we didn't. It seemed we didn't feel like we kind of fit in, and we knew that if we went somewhere, we could like L.A. or you know Nashville. We got brought up to, and uh, then we would kind of fit in with this rock scene that we you know grew up hearing about and dreaming about being a part of. So right. we gave ourselves six months to save up money. We bought a van, and then we just you know we moved out there. And um, see, I didn't realize all of you went out there. I thought just you went out there. No, 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 no. It was the whole band. So, and which two of them are still there? Um, Burkhart and Irwin, the drummer and bass player, are still out there. And um, you know, me and Luke was the first one to come back. You know, and then I came back a couple, almost two years ago now. But uh, yeah, man, it was like it was cool out there. I mean, then like when I said like we what we knew of the scene slash thought of what a scene was, what the scene was like, we, uh, we, we did actually get to catch like the tail end of the, the Hollywood, like sunset strip scene, as far as rock and roll bands go. You right. Know? Cause there's still, there's still plenty of rock bands and stuff out there, but it's like, and this is before, well, obviously way before the quarantine stuff happened, but like the house of blues got torn down, turned into a hotel, the Roxy. Now they only book, national act so it's like if you like you have to pretty much have an in with whoever that you know their booking agent is like they don't book local shows anymore and right you know um but the whiskey and the viper room are still still rocking um hopefully you know 
who knows what the hell is going to happen with this whole thing going on, but hopefully that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That this whole thing is, is, is just fucking weird. And I, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about it. No, we won't. <laughs> no, we don't have to. That yeah, I mean it's No, it's it's it is gonna be weird. Stacy actually showed me something this morning that said um and I don't remember where the article was from and it's irrelevant where it was from, but there is talk talks in the uh entertainment world that they're not even they're not even thinking about outdoor shows until fall of twenty twenty one. I saw that too. Uh, I think it was Did Consequence of Sound. Consequence of Sound, I think okay. posted it. Um yeah, yeah she like, she was uh, showing me that and I was kind of I wanted to cry, but whatever. I know. I was like, uh, the health, health, not what's the fucking word, health specialists or <laughs> something like that. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. The health people, the board them of health, the health people. people. Them damn smart uh, guys. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that would that would suck, man. But I guess we'll just have to fucking wait we'll and see. see. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. So when you were out there. Um, which I have a funny Delana story, by the way. The first time I ever met Delana. First and actually, no, I met her one other time. But anyways, yes, go. I'll get to that later. I, I did not know you had a Delana story. Well, actually, I haven't <laughs> talked to you since all that shit went down because the last time I saw you was at the Levy a little over a year ago, right? And it was, it was right before I think you were getting ready to go on tour with her. Yep. It was, yeah, right, it when was. You, right when you had booked the gig, I think. Yeah, because it was, it was spring and we went. Um, a lot of it was all under wraps. Because her and I were in contact in February of last year because I met her at NAM, yada, yada, yada. And we didn't, I didn't announce it until the middle of April. Okay, anyway. Cool. Um, so when you were out there, and we'll get back to that Delana story because I want to hear that. When you were out there, did you? how did it go? Did you guys try to do the band thing as you were or were you doing solo shit on the side or – What's the well, short version? And and I don't care about as far as, well, we all got jobs, and we, I don't, I'm not talking about that. I mean, just purely right. musical stuff. Were you were you as a unit, or were you doing shit on the side too? Just no. trying to make contacts and stuff. Yeah. So that was when we, um, me and Luke, um, we didn't start doing any side projects, but we started getting in with this and and with the scene. Oh, I thought I saw a, thought I saw a cat hopping around in that file cabinet earlier. What's this fella's name? Fella, Sebastian. Lady. This Sebastian. Is Sebastian. He's been on the show a lot because he's a loud motherfucker, and of course, I'm holding him, and he's not going to say a word. Sebastian so after Sebastian Bach? No, Stacy just said he looks like a Sebastian, <laughs> which some days he gets shortened to Sebasshole. Sebasshole, that's great. Or Sebastard. Sebastard, I like that one. Yep. Um. So me and me and Luke, we we started like getting out and um like going to these other band shows and like getting involved with the scene as much as we could. Right. Um, and then they, there was this, this is actually where I met Delana, this, this band that was a cover band that got together every week and did kind of these jams that, um, you know, we would just get together and play cover songs and it was called the lonely drunks club band. So that, that rings a bell. Not that I know any of those people, but that rings a bell. I think I've read something about them. Yeah, they were like it was. It's it's funny because there's like the, they have now there's like in Hollywood they have the ultimate jam night. They have the sunset jam. There's like the, um, the sound check live. Like the there's so many jams that are weekly where people come together and play covers. Right. And this was the this was the first one. Like this was well at least that I knew of. Which this you know this was 
in 2009 and 10. I think it went till 2012 or 14 or something. Right. Anyway, but um, so it was really cool because it was all these players and bands that were local that were getting together. So like we get like it, it and it would be a jumble. So say me and Luke would get a, you know we we would be on the list to play a few songs and it would be the drummer from this band and the bass player from this other band. And, right. You know, so it was, it was a really cool way to meet people and that really helped us meet other bands and then helped us meet, come across this producer um, who wanted to do a record with us, but wanted to change things up a little bit. And, you know, um, now which, were you, sorry, was the band, you're good. was the band still going as bolt action thrill? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, and we, we were, um, we wanted to continue we, we kept that name even though we kind of changed styles a, a little bit because I had been wanting to do like the stuff I was writing at the time was kind of like Israel Black Crozy, almost like Jet, you know, kind of Southern rock stuff. And Luke right. obviously is real into blues and Southern rock and stuff. So we decided that that would be a cool route for us to go for like a, to do an album. So we did and it became a, and, and that's when we parted ways with our drummer and bass player who were all, were, still on we're, we're on good terms now that would you know cause a hiccup for a while but um everybody's everybody's still fr you know friends now and right um but uh so then we started doing that and it was cool you know we were get, we were the only southern rock kind of you know uh we were the only southern rock band in la that was like actually that, that we knew of you know at least in, for for a while and then a couple more came along right after you know we we, we probably did after we put that record out, I'm going to say we probably played for a year, year and a half. And then Luke uh, came back. He got he got engaged and uh, moved back home. And we tried to keep working things out to where he was here. And we would come back, this, you know, out here and play shows every few months. And then he'd come to L.A. and we do shows every few months. But it just didn't work out. He ended up building a studio and whatnot and started playing with some other people. And then I also, that was when I back up a little bit when 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 he right when he moved or before he moved i joined future villains the band gotcha. i was in for for the majority of my time out there and uh it was awesome like that we definitely when we were doing the bolt action thrill thing we did this thing called the bourbon bus which was a lot of fun because it was like there were so many bands that were playing and it was like how can we do things to stand out and whatever and we got booked on this New Year's Eve show once, and it was at the Whiskey, and I was like, how the hell are we going to get a bunch of people to the Whiskey? So we got we rented a school bus, and we had a pre-party. We, we'd have a pre-party and an after-party at the same location, so everybody would show up at the pre-party. We'd get a keg and like a bunch of bottles of booze, and we'd charge people a certain amount of money, and that would get them alcohol, a ticket on the bus, or you know, a spot on the bus, and a ticket to the show. Nice. And then, yeah, so then we would get them down there and they wouldn't have to worry about parking and this, that, and the other. But it was also became kind of a thing where it's like, all right, we got 25 people that are, you know, driving that are they're loaded. So we got <laughs> we, now we got to get them places to stay. But no, nobody ever got hurt or nothing like that. We just, you know, anyways. Yeah, so that was that was kind of a fun thing we did for a while. The bolt action throw bourbon bus. That is pretty cool. So the producer that wanted to do the record, did he want just you and Luke or did he want the whole band? How did that come about? Um, 
I mean, honestly, yeah. Do you he, remember? He, I love no, no. the confusion on your face. No, he he did. No, I'm I'm just <laughs> I'm just going back to remember it. Yeah, he he wanted you know me and Luke. Not I think it was mainly because he saw it didn't have an, a, a, as much to do with like a, a difference in talent and whatever. But I think it, he saw us out there a lot. He saw right. like we mean, you know, the other guys would go out too, but it was like me and Luke were really, really going to like pretty much any night we weren't rehearsing. You know, we were going to other band shows, not just to support them, but to get to. So we were like putting See, ourselves out there. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think him seeing that and then, and also they didn't want to change directions, which I got, you know, I get like, you know, it was one of those things where we kind of had to, um, we kind of had to make the call. It's like, hey, this producer wants to do a record with us for nothing, you know, and he was working with some other bands that we really liked and had made great records with them. And it was like, okay, cool. And then this is also just kind of be another like big step in like being a part of the scene that we want to kind of grasp onto. And right. And they didn't really want to change styles as much, you know, which uh, going back, I, I, I kind of either that I, I wish I would have put my foot down more than I did when we were making the record because he, the, the guy producing us, he's super talented, also one of my best friends. But at the time, like I was putting so much faith in him uh, of what like, um, you know, it was like. He wanted us to be kind of like a Southern Rock Blink-182 with like lots of like goofy like dick and fart jokes, as he said on stage <laughs> and stuff. But I was like, I was like, all right. And then I, because I wanted to be like a ZZ Top, Skinner, Marshall Tucker, or, you know, um, you know, Black Crows kind of thing. And like, yeah, have fun. But I guess takes things a little bit more serious and not have every song be like explicit and which if there are on the record right. we did, there's only one song that's not marked explicit, which is kind of outrageous for a Southern rock band. You know, anyways. True. <laughs> just, that's, no, that's you true. Know, you got a you, good point there. You know, so exactly. And so I was like, okay, now we need radio edits and whatever. And it wasn't radio friendly stuff anyway, but whatever. So that was one thing I kind of wish I, I, I guess I did. I liked more about the original bulk action drill was like, we were just kind of this grimy, um, not punk, music but kind of like was, a punk it was mentality. almost sleaze rock sleaze rock yeah exactly yeah, there you go yes and it was so it was kind of like i got you dog i'm here for you you, you do you do <laughs> and uh it was it was like and that was the whole thing was kind of going against the rules like this whole rebellious attitude and whatnot and so when we started doing um you know uh the southern rock thing i was i don't know it was it, it was kind of a strange strange time because i was like I had never recorded a full record before for one of my projects. And I was like, okay, well, what he says, he must know, you know, better right. than me. Right. And then there would be a few things that I'd be like, no, I kind of think we should do this. And he'd be like, no, I'm telling you, just trust me. I know what I'm doing. I'd be like, okay. You know? And also it was, it was just like, I want, like I said, almost going back with the whole one giant leap band name. I was like, I've always been kind of, a, I just want things to keep moving. You know right. what I mean? Like I'll I'll sacrifice. Like I'll I'll fucking. I was like, okay, whatever. That's not what I want to do, but that's what everybody else wants to do. I'm not going to put up a fight. You know? Right. The the machine's moving. Let's not let's not put the brakes on it. Let's just keep going. Exactly. Exactly. 
So, I get that. I, I yeah. get that mentality. I've been in that. I've been in that spot a few times in in my uh, my illustrious drumming career. I'm just kidding. Um, ain't nothing illustrious about me. No, I, I I completely get that mentality because there's there's times where you're you almost want to pull your hair out, but there's shit happening. So yeah. you just kind of shove it down and you you sit on it and you don't talk about it, you don't bitch about it, you don't complain. You just the machine's moving. I'm gonna shut the fuck up and not disrupt it. I totally. get it. Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, especially when it was like I remember there'd be times where you know it really kind of came along like closer to the end of the recording process when there were things like ad libs and stuff that I didn't want to do. I was like, I'm not gonna do them live, and you know, and I just I don't want them to be on the record because I never. I didn't feel one feel comfortable doing it. And then after listening to it, like over and over again, I'm like, this doesn't sound like something I would say. It kind of sounds fabricated. Right. right. So, and then it was like, no, they're in there. The song needs it. It's not good enough without it. And I was like, okay, whatever. But, you know, I do, I do love some of the stuff we did on there still, you know, it's, there's just, there's the whole woulda, coulda, shoulda thing. You know, it's like what little oh, parts sure. of the songs you would change, you know, it's like, it still, it doesn't ruin the song, but anyways, no, I get that. There's, uh, it's been, I'm, I'm almost positive. I've talked about it on the show, but I've talked about this ad nauseum over my life. I don't, I'm not a big fan of listening to shit I've done in the past. And people sometimes take that when I say shit like that, to take it out of context, I don't mean that I never listen to myself. That's not what I mean. I don't sit around and listen to my shit. Right. Once it's done, it's done. I'll listen to it. I approve or disapprove, but I, I mean, I've most of my recording stuff that I've done over the years, I've had a good amount of say, but not enough to go, oh, that fucking sucks. Unless it's something that's just blatantly shitty right. in, the, in what was tracked, not the quality of it. Um, but the point I'm getting at is once it's done and it's approved and it's out and we all listen or I'll, I'll just speak for myself. I listen to the actual final mix and the final master and everything and I'm cool with it. I put it away. And maybe once every three, four, hey, two, three other guys. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> once every three, four, five months or so, I'll I'll pull it out, I'll listen to it, and I put it back away. Right. And and I think part of the reason I do that is what you were just talking about. I will start just picking it apart and ripping it apart and going, oh my god, I hate this. Oh, that sucks. Oh, this could have been better. Right. And you you'll never get. Let me, let me rephrase that. I will never be 100% satisfied because I always hear shit that I could change or I always hear shit that XYZ should have played or he shouldn't have screamed there. He should have sang there and screamed here. I just, that's the way my brain works. Right. So I, I end up fucking torturing myself when I just constantly listen to shit that I've done. Just again, just talking about me over and over and over. I'm telling you all this to say that for your side of it, being a songwriter and a, a huge contributing songwriter, because I don't know what you've done and what you haven't done, but I know that you are a songwriter. Mm -hmm. It's got to drive you absolutely batshit if you do that. Totally. Yeah. And see, there was yeah. a point to that fucking diatribe. Damn it. Just stick with me, Dusty. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> hold on tight. Buckle the fuck up. Just hold on. I'll get there. I'll get to the point. No, no but that's, seriously, as a right. songwriter, though, it's got to drive you even more insane than I could even fathom because it drives me insane and I'm not a songwriter. Yeah. Well, and, and also that, that was the thing too, is like where the guy we worked with, um, his name's Tom, Tom Chandler's he's great, like really smart dude. And, um, has 
I don't I don't even know how many records he's pro- he's probably produced and recorded. I'd say at this point, I'd say close to a hundred albums, maybe like just because that's it, amateur. I'm just right, kidding. right, <laughs> and and uh, but and and he, so, is he and, still based in L.A.? Yeah, yeah, he, okay, he's out nice. there, and he's, he's a great dude. Like he was one of the guys that uh, really like took us under his wing, and so it was like that was the thing. I was like, we were, you know, he it, we great things came from the work we did with him. But there was just a few things that I wish I would have, you know, like, like I said, put my foot down with certain things. But that was also the other thing is I wasn't a very experienced songwriter when it came to, you know, I was just used to like, pretty much if we wrote a song, we were going to play it or we were going to record it. It wasn't like, hey, this isn't really good enough to make make the cut, you know. So that was one thing he taught us, too, was like, was like, not every idea you're going to come up with is good. You know, there's going to be a lot of shit. So you know which which was which was a cool thing that was the first like i guess like um thin the herd process we'd ever gone through with songwriting which was good to know yeah it's it's i've been involved in a lot of those sessions i mean even though like i said i'm not a songwriter but i i have contributed to i've contributed more than most drummers to a lot of the original bands my strength is it's more in in transitions and structure and layout. Uh-huh. I'm really really good at that, and I know that sounds arrogant to say I'm good at something, but I'm I'm horrible at melodies. I can't write melodies. I can't. Yeah. I can tell you when they're wrong, but I can't right. tell you how to fix them. I can't do any. I'm not a melodic person. Structure and rhythmically, I can map out a fucking song. And I've talked about this before. Most of the stuff, most of the stuff that was written before I got into Heaven Hill. When it was sent to me when I came up here and did the audition, and then once I moved here and we started working on the songs, I rearranged half of those songs. I said, okay, this is shitty. This is weird. This doesn't make sense. Let's swap this. Let's." And they were going, oh, my God, I never thought about that. But I hear things structurally versus melodically and, and hook-wise and all that. Right. Kind of but where I was going with that is, is I've been in that process where you just – you're throwing so much shit at the wall, and you go, okay – it's not about seeing what sticks. It's about what can I hit if I throw something at it? Because yeah. there's so many ideas and you have to do that weed out process. All right, these 14 ideas are shit sandwiches. Let's get rid of them. These seven ideas are kind of a chicken salad sandwich. We'll kind of <laughs> keep those. I'm keeping that one because that is a fucking T-bone. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I get what you're talking about. I've been in those situations. It's just I've never been there as a quote-unquote songwriter. Right. Okay. I've been in them as a contributor and a and a viable member, so to speak. But that's where my brain kind of shuts off because I don't get the whole. I get the creative process. I get the. I've I've put everything I have into this. I get all that. All that makes sense. I can connect with it. But actually writing a song and have it come out and go, this is my fucking kid. Um, let's not screw this up. I don't know what that thought process is like. Right. Yeah, and that's see, I like. I really like writing songs with other people, um, you know, because I think when you do it on your own, well, it's, it's, it's a double-sided sword, really. It's like when you do it on your own, you're like, you're, it's just how you want it, how you imagined it and wanted, right. wanted it to be. But when you do it with somebody else, you know, like one or two other people, which I, I prefer to do if everybody can kind of be on the same, I shouldn't say same page, if everyone can focus, it gets when you have more personalities in the room, obviously it's like people get guests. Yeah. People get (laughs) sidetracked and you know, or whatever, which I I get it. I do too. But it's like, uh, the reason I like writing 
when, when everything's going well is because it's like it's just certain things like that I wouldn't think of. Like I love writing songs with Luke. Like he'll come up with certain lyrical ideas or or melodies or whatnot that I wouldn't think of. That just you know, and then and vice versa, you know. So it's kind of I like that, that as far as doing co-writes and and stuff. Right. But when you when you bring an idea to somebody. And it wasn't even that when we were doing the songs, the Bolt record, it was almost like there would be stuff that I didn't come up with that when I would, when they would have me do it, I would just be like, ah, I'm not really, I'm not really into this. And then it's not, it, there would be times where it's like, it wasn't even like, all right, we'll come up with something better. It'd be like, just do it, just do it and listen to it. And then we'll, if you don't like it later, then we can. Yeah. I would just get kind of, it, it, I would always, it would just, <laughs> it would always kind of go the other way. The latter would be like, I would, you know, not always, a lot of times there would just, there'd be certain parts of the songs that, you know, I just, uh, wouldn't have my way on, but whatever. Right. No, I, I get that. There's, um, I've talked about this before on the show. You can take, and before I lead you down this weeded path, there is a Let's point go. to it. Let's go. <laughs> you can take 10 drummers, Give them the same exact gear, the same exact sticks, and the same exact piece of music, and you're going to get it ten different ways. Yeah. Because nobody fucking thinks the same. And it's – I would imagine that when you're co-writing with somebody, it's the same thing. It's not good or bad. It's not indifferent. It's just, oh, fuck, I never thought about that. Because a lot of times – and I'm sure you've heard this before, especially in the cover thing, or if somebody comes in and replaces somebody, it's it's mostly – my experience it's more common in drummers because it's not about if i come in and i say i can't play this part it's not necessarily that i can't physically play it and it's too hard for me i can't play it because i would never fucking think that way and to my brain that part makes no sense and it's dumb right. or that part makes no sense and it doesn't serve the song i can't speak for guitar players bass players singers any other instrument i just know that the majority of drummers think this way because i most of my friends are drummers. Um, and I think this way. It's not always about being hard. It's always about what the fuck was that guy thinking when he played that part? Right. Where I'm going with this is when you're doing something where you and Luke or whoever, however many of you have, have written something, and you have a producer guy like Tom come in and say, okay, yeah, that's cool, but do it like this. And what you were just talking about, you're going, ah, I would never really do that. Is there that mental block where you can't get through it? See, there, I had there, a question at the end of that. You liked that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, yeah, there were there were times like when we did. Um, I remember we did this first ballot, the first ballad I ever recorded. And here's the other thing too: is like I don't like I said this was this was the first time I ever like did a re recording process in a professional way. Like it wasn't just like getting our stuff mic'd up in like a garage or whatever, a basement like this, you know, right. He, and then pressing on the four track or something. Exactly. Good. Like he, yeah. So, you know, there was just a lot of stuff that was new to me. And it, so most of it felt unnatural anyway, but as far as just like, I had, I had recorded vocals and recorded guitars and stuff before, but when the things that fucked with me, were doing ad libs. Like I'm not David Lee Ross. I'm not Steve right. Tyler, you know what I mean? Like I love, I worship those guys, but like as far as like that kind of personality on the as a as a singer and whatever, that's not really, you know, that's that's never been really my thing. And that was one thing that was I was having trouble with. But also the the first time we did a 
we did this ballad. It was called Love Hangover. Um, there was parts of the song. There was this one part where it was like the line is somebody get me a drink. And I was like, I, he, he, they were trying to tell me how to sing it and how to say it. Or it was more not saying it, it was more just like an ad lib, like saying it and whatever. And I was like, I'm not feeling this. And then it was kind of like, okay, put yourself in this situation. Like think of the time, like you were like, you had your heart broken or whatever. And you know, when you were feeling really sad. So I like tried to do that. But I was like, I can't, I can't really, I might be able to access that feeling if it was, I was singing about, if I wrote the thing, it was like, it right. was bringing back that memory. And like, you know, if it was, but it was just kind of like, okay, try to put yourself in this situation for this thing that you don't want to do, but we want you to. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I was, fucking headache. Thanks. Yeah, I know. Right. So I was like, okay, <laughs> great, great. So yeah, but that was, uh, that was that. I get it. So when did you, or why did you, cause you already told me it was a couple of years ago. Why did you decide to come back here? Um, well, when, uh, uh, several reasons really, but mostly like, you know, I was in, uh, I was in that band future villains for almost seven years, six or seven years. And things fell to shit with that. Like as cliche as it sounds like we were like right on that. We had a, an investor, who, um, put, just dump a shitload of money in the band and, um, a bad manager who really fucked things up and then it was money and greed really kind of kind of got uh tore the band apart so and i was like i started playing with a few other bands since then um you know dabbled with a couple other buddies and started some side projects and whatnot but then when i came home for it was like for thanksgiving 2017 i was i had, I had been writing a bunch of songs on my own and then I um, I came uh, I went over to my buddy Mark Roberts' house, and Luke was actually living with him at the time, and we were just over there hanging out, you know. And uh, Luke was like, "Play me some of these songs that you were talking about." So I played them for him, and and then they were like, "Why don't you just do like a solo thing?" And right, a few people had mentioned that to me, like over you know, even when I was Future Villains was going and whatnot, like just people I, I would play certain certain songs that I had written that were just, we didn't use for future villains. And so a few people had thrown that idea to me. And I was, I never really, I, I always wanted to be like a band in a band. Like I never even wanted to sing, but then like once right. I had, I wanted to just play guitar. But then once I was having trouble finding a dedicated singer that wasn't either a junkie or like didn't, wasn't an egomaniac. I was like, well, fuck it. Then I'm just going to do it. Wait, you mean singers have issues? Right. I know it's, it's wow. It's like, Who would have thought people don't know. Right. <laughs> wow, It's so crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so random. The singers have so random. I know it's ridiculous. Right. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I, uh, once pretty much that. And then like, I just been there for, I was there for almost 10 years and my brother just moved back home. So, and cause he moved out there with us. My brother was out there with us pretty much the entire time I was. So right. it was also like, uh, just, you know, being closer, mom and dad are getting older and whatnot, you know, like I wanted to be closer to home and I just didn't really have any, you know, um, any ties as much as I, it, it, I, I didn't have as the commitments that I did out there, you know, and, and, you know, I wanted to, uh, like, after coming back home and visiting every year, at least once a year, I saw, like, you know, Louisville 
there was a, it was there was a lot more places like it seemed like to play. There's a lot you know a lot lot of lot of uh, progressive um, things happening with the city, especially like you know with live music. It seemed like, and that may have just been also because like when I was I moved to LA when I was 21, so I didn't really go out like there was probably a handful of bars that I would go out to when I wasn't right. pl- playing. You know what I mean? Right. Like so, um, yeah, I just felt like time you know, to come home. And when I was doing, sort of doing my solo thing, it's like, I don't need to be out here anymore. I'm just paying more money. And also I could come home and play, do the bar gig thing and like make a living. And then also when I want to do my original shows and tour, I'll be in a much better location. You know, right. it's touring out of LA. Like what a lot of people don't realize, um, if you're not familiar with the area in California is like, there's really like, other than there's San Diego, and then Vegas, and then, you know, there's no, and I mean, I guess if you can count, like, Huntington Beach and Orange County and whatever, like, there's there's really no major cities within a five-hour drive of L.A. Right. So it's, like, just to get out of there, you know, because um, Vegas is, I think, four and a half, four or four and a half hours, like, so, like, just to get out of there, like, you know, you're looking at, like, Phoenix, that's six hours, and when opposed, like, here, it's, like, you can play Cincinnati, nashville and like also you could you know you could go and play these places and not even have to be on tour you could go oh yeah for sure come come back to louisville that night you know you won't have to worry about like finding places to stay and this that and the other and like you could kind of even if you're doing you could book shows five six days a week and still come back to louisville and make it like your hub you know right so that was that was a big reason too. It was just like you know the the location as far as when I'm wanting to hit the road and and do that kind of thing too. Gotcha, gotcha. So are you you are doing your own solo thing now? Correct. I am. Yeah, I um, I'm getting ready to release that song, the first single, Bandit, um, on the seventeenth, and um, that will be uh, I'm, the in play- a few days. Holy shit! Yeah. Today the fucking Wow, I've been in my house too damn long. I didn't even know what day it was. What day of the quarantine is it, by the way? Are you? Counting? It is. It is Mar April the ninety fourth. <laughs> <laughs> it's been ninety four years in this quarantine. <laughs> I saw something the other day that said, "Wow, March is the longest decade ever." <laughs> Oh my god! And I st- I stole the Mar April thing. Uh, I don't know. I think it's four weeks so far. Uh, today is the uh, blank blank. So yeah, it's been a month. It's been four weeks. Wow! 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 Crazy. Um, yep. So yeah, for- fortunately, that's something. I guess that's like I I started recording my record in late January. So I actually have I have the majority of it done. And I have at least the four singles that just need to get a few mixing things. And well, now only two of them need to be mixed and mastered. Right. So fortunately, um, that's, that was kind of my plan anyway, even before the quarantine happened, is I'm going to release a single every month until August, which is that's when I was going to release the album. That may get pushed back a little bit now. I'm still going to try to do that. So yeah, first single comes out the 17th, Bandit. Um, and 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 uh, that's the other thing too. I guess when I first started doing the solo thing, I was kind of going after the country market because that kind of I was going after country because I was I was writing a lot of country music at that time when we decided right. to like 
to do the solo projects. I was like, oh yeah, fuck it. I'll just go, I'll go country. And then like, I started having meetings with people and like trying to get into that country scene and going to Nashville a bunch. And like, it just isn't, that's just not me. Like, you know, you can't change your stripes. Right. Like it is not, right. not that I was, I was just, I would, cause, but also I was like, well, yeah, there's like guitar solos and country and like fucking, you know, a lot of country music is even more rock and roll than what a lot of rock is today. You know what I mean? Like it actually has instrumentation. Oh, yeah. And so anyways, um, so then, uh, after, I don't know, seven or eight months of that, I was like, I should, I, this doesn't really feel right anymore. So anyways, I started, I started going back to writing and, you know, rock and kind of wanted to make that my own, my, my project as far as that goes. And, um, that's just definitely where my heart's at. So, um, yeah, got the bandits coming out in seventeenth, and then the next one will come out, hopefully, uh, you know, pretty much exactly a month from now. But um, album's gonna have twelve songs, and uh, it's all a concept album, you know, that are based on and inspired by actual events from from my life. But it's gonna be portrayed by a gunfighter in the eighteen hundreds. With uh, you know, through the how, visuals of the how 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 much drugs have you done? Oh, how much time you got? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, dude. No, that sounds cool as shit. Yeah, well, see, and that was, I guess, when when that came about, the I had I just, I had this idea when I was writing with my buddy Mark, um, who uh, who also he'd be a cool guy for you to talk to, Mark Roberts. He used to. He started that company, City Scoot. You remember City Scoot? I they do were like, remember City Scoot. I do. Yeah. So they, they yeah. used to use them all the time before we met because I don't know if you remember. I don't drink. It's yeah, very, I know. I remember. Um, well, she used to use them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just kind of went away. Yeah. Well, I think when Uber and Lyft and stuff came along, it just became, you know, um, I guess Could tough be. to compete with. And, yeah. yeah. Which I, but, I understand. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but he... Uh, he has right when my project started, he started doing a thing called live at long run, which is um, a living room concert series that he hosts out of his house. And, but uh, yeah, he, he's a, he's a great guy and has definitely been a huge, huge help to, to me and getting things going for my career and project and whatnot. But um, what is the name? Wait, 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 wait. I'm I am obviously doing too many things at one time. Um what's his name again? Mark Roberts. Does he do the did he have anything to do with those secret shows? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? No, you're thinking is it so far sounds? I don't remember the name of the company. I, I know that I've heard his name associated with shows before, and then you were just talking about he was doing shows at his house. I didn't know if he had anything to do with the secret shows that were happening for a while. No, I know what you're talking about. No, he he actually, I think he went to a couple of them because he was the one who told me about those. But no, okay, he, I got the you. One, the ones he does, we, they're always promoted, and um, it's 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 a cool thing. It's I mean, so I had never been to a living room concert before the first, the second one he had at his house, and it's just a really awesome way to hear a songwriter. You know, there's no bar noise, and like you can just right. literally hear a pin drop in the room. Right. Um, but anyways, we were we wrote a lot of songs together, and we were sitting out one day, and I was like, man, that'd be cool to write like a series of songs that were like about like a like a wild west town or like some characters like you know cowboys and whatnot and because he's really into spaghetti westerns and i like that kind of shit too so 
you know, these, I started writing songs kind of have keeping that concept and idea in mind. But then there was also songs that I had written before that are being tied in with the storyline of this, this character. So right. it's going to be a lot of work, but I think it'll be cool as far as when I can get money together to get like, you know, animators and, and guys, not, not just for my album art, but stuff for like, um, um, music videos and lyric videos and stuff. I got you. No, no, no. no. That that makes sense. Um, so this the single comes out the seventeenth. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that that is a cool concept. When did you kind of come up with that concept? It was probably a year. When you were ago. tripping on mushrooms, I'm just kidding. I probably was. I come up with a lot of my <laughs> a lot of my favorite ideas when I dive into the land of land of magical mushrooms. I figured have you were going to dispute that, but you rolled with me. Well played, sir. Good job. Have you have you ever tried magic mushrooms? Uh, no. You should. No. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you, man. You know, so I did them the first time when I was like 19, and I only did them probably a few times since then. I'd say five times. From the ages 19 to 27 or 8. But over the last three years that it has been, uh, I've, I've experimented with them a good amount. And I, I really enjoy them. Like, they're, it's not, it's, 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 it, they're great for creativity um, and just kind of seeing and hearing things differently than you do. I was you know? totally fucking with you and you just, yeah, fuck it, why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're funny. I, yeah, they're definitely my favorite. You're so fucked up. I love it. <laughs> so who who are you? Who did you have on this record? I mean, I know it's it's your solo stuff. Is it just you, or do you have full band tracks on there? And if you have a drummer, why the fuck didn't you call me? No, I have. I have. There is full band, but it, we the the drummer is actually the producer. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't give me that. Mm-hmm. For those of you that can't see, Stephen making a stupid puppy dog pouting face right now. <laughs> oh, everybody knows you're lying. I do not do puppy dog face. I do resting duck lip bitch face. That's it. There it is. Okay. Yeah, do Rest, resting duck lip bitch face. <laughs> just happened. So the no, I'm just the, kidding. Who who's, who's on the record? Uh, it's it's just me and. One other guy for the majority of the whole album, we did hire a guy to come in and do some synths. Um, and then my friend Sadie Campbell came in and, and sang some backing vocals. But oh, nice. I did um, I did all the guitar. Well, actually, I'm sorry. That's not true at all. Shit. Um, I hope my buddies, if they listen to this, aren't going to get mad. Okay, on Bandit and one other song on the that, that, that will be on the album is actually a was recorded in LA. It wasn't even, uh, it was done over two years ago. We started this side project called Foxcatcher. And, um, it was me and my buddy Jonah Nimoy, who, um, is currently, well, not now cause nobody's playing anywhere, but he's currently the, um, rhythm guitar player for the offspring. Gotcha. But he also, phenomenal drummer and like drummer you would love love his drumming um and then on bass 
my buddy Brian, um, Brian Duke and guitar is my buddy Jason Espiritu, who are in a band called Wavy Trees. But we, we started something a couple years ago um, and recorded a few songs and I sang and play guitar on them as well. And shortly after we recorded them, Jonah gets the Offspring gig. I started doing my solo thing and then Brian and Jason joined another band. So it was kind of like nothing was really happening with the songs. And then when I started writing this record, I was like, well, shit, I'm writing a rock record. Then why, why don't I use these two songs that aren't, you know, so on those two, two of the songs, it's those guys, my buddy Jonah, Brian and, and Jason. But everything else was uh, on drums was the pro- guy that produced and engineered the album, Michael Esser at um, Sundog Recording Studios in Nashville. Gotcha. And then uh, we kind of shared the bass lines. We, we took turns playing bass. And, um, then nice. I did all the vocals. Nice. So yeah. The, so the, the projected, obviously, we know the, the COVID shit has put a monkey wrench in the fucking world. Yes. Um, but the original plan was to release the whole record by August. Yes. Got you. That yeah. that's a cool way to do it. Release one single a month and then release the record in August. That that's a pretty cool way to do it, especially the way shit works now. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's 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 kind of you know when uh, I was also talking with my buddy with, with Mark Roberts. You know, because he had he got me onto the CD Baby DIY podcast. I don't know if you ever checked those guys out. It, it's ringing a bell. That's why I have that blank stare. At, yeah. I, I think I've heard of it before. I might have even listened to it. The, my issue, besides the fact that my memory does kind of suck, but jokes aside, my my actual memory is not bad. My small detail memory is bad. In other words, you can give me 100 bands, then I can love all 100 of them, but I'm only going to remember five of them. Gotcha. Does, does that make sense? Totally. My yeah. timeline memory is absolutely goddamn a fucking atrocious. My timeline memory is terrible. <laughs> Um, I cannot remember timeline. I ask my wife on a weekly basis how fucking old I am. Um, <laughs> but back to the original question, that rings a bell. I think I might have heard that podcast before or at least checked it out because there is a bell going off in the back of my pea brain. So they have some cool, some really like insightful stuff on there for, you know, independent artists. So I've been really digging it. That's what I've been, you know, um, Unlike, I think, a lot of musicians and songwriters in this quarantine have been like, I haven't wrote a fucking half of a song since I started. <laughs> like, I haven't. Like, I sat down to I sat down to try it, and then I was like, you know what? I got other shit I can focus on right now because I was like, there wasn't really anything hitting me. And also, I was like, I was like, okay, I'm going to check out these podcasts and kind of see how I can hopefully properly launch my record and songs that I, you know worked so hard on and put a lot of money into and right so anyway so that's kind of what i've been focusing on is mainly research i guess you could say um but they were saying there's one with them it was like you know there's really not much of a we're back to the days of singles there's really not there's not much of a point to putting out unless you are a big big well-known artist what's the point of putting out a whole album and i think if it weren't for me wanting to do a one I've never put out a full-length album of my own stuff, and also it's a concept thing. So I think after, you know, I don't know how I want to if I want to go about doing eleven months of just putting singles out when it's like might be cool to just do four or five months of a single each month and then put out the record. So either way works because you get 
I'm old school. I like records. Mm-hmm. I still buy CDs. Um, I don't do vinyl just because I can't take them with me, and they take up a right. lot of space. But I still do CDs. We've already talked about my file cabinet back there. I like records, even digitally. Digital, digitally. God, I can't fucking talk. I will listen to a, a record the entire way through. I'm just, I'm wired that way, and I that's the way I enjoy my music. Yeah. That being said, I also get turned on to new music by the single, so I know how it works. I'm not fucking stupid, but I think for what you're talking about on 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 your level, our level, B level, A level, whatever, mm-hmm. where we are now in the digital age and all that shit, and where you are in your artistry as far as how well-known or unwell, not well-known, unknown? Unknown. Unknown. Wow. Thank you. This is English with Stephen O'Reilly. He apparently can't <laughs> fucking talk today. How known you are or how unknown you are uh, I think if you're more closer to the unknown level, because reality is reality. Totally. The world as a whole doesn't fucking know who you no, are. No, they, no idea. They don't even the fuck fucking know who I am. Yeah. So it's not a slam on you, but I think doing what you're doing, releasing a single on all your platforms, whatever, however many social media platforms you have in your website and all that shit, I think it's smart because by the time the third or fourth one comes out, people are there's some interest and people go, I, I need the rest of this fucking record. Yeah. Is yeah, what hopefully. I was getting at. No, and that hopefully that's that's what happens. And also, like you're right too. It's like nobody, nobody knows who the fuck I am. So it's like I, in order to get the album to more people than just the ones that know who who I am already, which is right. You know, to be honest, it's like there, you know, there might be 150 people that are actually that are really really paying attention, like looking that forward to the album. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so that's kind of where it's like okay. I need to figure out how to grow my audience. So I've been like, and it's annoying because it's like, it's a bunch of fucking, it's, it's just, you know, learning the hashtags and posting obnoxiously and doing this, that, and the other and <laughs> stuff that I'm not good at. And like, I want to, I want to like, it would be, it would be a great thing to have like a, uh, somebody do it. Like I, even if I could pay them to it, but it's like, I'm not working right now. So I can't really afford to pay a social right. media person. No, no, no. I get it. I've I, listened. You are talking on this on on this computer right now about shit I have talked to myself about in the fucking mirror. I am the worst at self-promotion. Yeah. I suck at it. It comes off douchey. I fucking hate doing it. Yeah. Every time I don't do it, I have people that blow this up. I'm showing him my phone and get on my ass for not doing it. So it's, I can't fucking win. Like, well, if I do it, then I'm pissed at myself because I come off like a douchebag. And if I don't do it, I'm pissed at myself because nobody knows I exist. I know. I know, man. And it's, it's so true because like, there's some people that I know that like, they're, they're really talented. And then they have, they, they are great at just diving in and posting an obnoxious amount to where it's like, man, like how do people like, Stop how, it! How, how, yeah, but <laughs> but they also got hundreds of thousands of plays on oh, Spotify absolutely. and this, that, and the other dude. It's like they're playing the game right. So it's like, as much as I don't want to, um, I don't want to do that. You might you might be seeing me become one of those annoying characters. <laughs> hey man, more, more power to you. I can I've tried to do it, and and I've tried to get better at it because I know it is something that I need to do. Yeah, uh, not only for what I'm doing now with the podcast with you in the very present tense, but just overall between my podcast and my book and, and, and obviously my drumming shit. I, I just, I can't wrap my fucking head around it. I want to be like, like you were just saying, I want to have 
bag of money and go here person right. do this for me yeah because i'm i suck at it so fucking bad i'm so horrible at it but that's that's irrelevant um okay so what we did um and this is going to be weird for you because i don't know if you've ever done this we're going to talk about the future and the past in the yeah. same set i i have <laughs> okay, I, yeah. I, I, it took me a minute to to grasp that the first couple times I did it. So what we've done is a, a week or so ago. It might even be two weeks because I'm not 100 percent sure when this is going to post. But people have already heard the single. Uh, you you're looking at me like I'm fucking crazy. See, I now, told you. Now I get it. Now you I had to process it. it. See, gotcha. Got me. Times I've got. Come on, man. Keep got up. Gotcha, bitch. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> So people people have already heard the single, and so now that you've you've kind of got the story out, how you're doing it, and where you were going with it, and the whole concept of the record and stuff, um, we obviously cannot talk about any shows because God knows when the world will reopen from right. the Black Plague. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't take credit from that. I stole that from somebody else. I'm not giving him credit for it, but I'm just saying I stole it. Um, you had said earlier that you were you had before we started recording wink wink nod nod um you had a couple stories you wanted to share about la and you had a delana story you oh, wanted to share yeah yeah um okay so uh, that band the lonely drunks club band mm -hmm. okay so there was a uh it was the very first year of the which i think this would have been 2010 no, it would have been 2009. Either way, it's 2009, 2010. Right. Um, they had the Sunset Strip Music Festival, the very first year of the Sunset Strip Music Festival, and it was, I uh, can't remember who was headlining. Oh, yeah, it was Ozzy Osbourne and Korn. Ozzy and Korn were the headliners. It was fucking awesome. Damn. Um, yeah. That suck. <laughs> no, no. And um, so then they had, what they did is they shut down Sunset Boulevard, and then they had... It was from the the key club to the to the whiskey that were the venues all those venues and those those businesses were open so it was cool even though there would be there was two stages in the in the uh, in the street and then all the venues also had shows too so there would be there was it was it was one weekend and there was like I think there was like three hundred and something bands that played. So nice. it was cool, yeah, and it was also you know it was local guys and then people you know national obviously you know titans of the music industry. So, anyways, at the Cat Club, which was like the Cat Club was pretty much the dive bar of the strip, and that's <laughs> it, it, it was man. And the reason it was called the Cat Club is because Slim Jim Phantom from the Stray Cats was one of the owners. So oh, I think that nice, he, yeah. So he titled it the Cat. I'm pretty sure. Um, so the Lonely Drunks Club, Lonely Drunks Club band were playing, they were closing the night out and it was, they were the last, that was the last venue open and Delana was, um, singing two or three songs. And this is the first time I'd ever met her. It was like, we were running, everything was running way behind. Everyone was like super distraught and a bunch of people were wasted. And, um, but Delana like got up there killed it i can't i can't remember what it was like what the what the first song or two she sang was but then the third song was stand up and shout by 
who she thought was Dio. They weren't the guys weren't clear on which stand up and shout it was. It wasn't the Dio uh, version. It was it the was Steel the Rockstar Rockstar movie version. She's like, you know, she I can't remember if her or the drummer Zach who used to who kind of like would curate everything and put together set lists and the right. grids with the musicians. He would also do a lot of the hosting and talking and whatnot. So I can't remember if it was her or Zach. It was probably Zach that thanked everybody for coming out. It's like, we got one more song. Um, and that honestly, that might've been, she might've been up earlier that night and then come back up for this song. I can't remember. It was a, it was a blur, but I, either way they go into the gong, 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 gong. And then like, I, I was standing outside. There's a big window and I'm like watching from the outside and Delana's like kind of looking around at everybody like, the fuck, what the fuck song is this? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, gung, 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 And I like, I saw, I was like, what's wrong? I, I couldn't, I couldn't hear what she was saying. I could just see her face. Right. And she was just kind of like, she was like kind of shrugging her head or shoulders and like nodding, shaking her head. Like this is, this isn't, this isn't right. So then. Um, they go into the gang, right before that big scream's supposed to come in. Right. And then one of the guys, I think he was in a band called Mad Temple, kind of knew what he caught what was going on. So he hopped up there and started singing and like kind of looked at Delana like, this is the one that they're doing. Like, because I think she, she's obviously very confused. It's a totally different song. Right. So she hopped off stage and fucking then the, I think the guy's name was Eli. He's the one that finished the song. But I was like, it's like, damn, how they fucking fucked that up? Like, how did they, <laughs> how did they not let her know? But, you know, I, I, but at the same time, in their defense, they the drunks, Lonely Drunks Club, they had done that song. I don't know, probably a dozen times that year before. You know what I mean? So it, it was right. It was that they probably it was. It, who knows what the miscommunication happened, but autopilot it, at that point. Yeah. And I was just like, damn, man. But then I met her again at, um, at one of the jam nights in Hollywood. And yeah, she's, she's fucking badass, man. Oh dude. She's a monster. She really, yeah. She's such, it, it was in people have heard me talk about it on my show, so I'm not going to talk about it. But the, the only thing I'm going to tell you, because you've done what I've done for so long mm -hmm. to be 10 feet behind her, or five feet on one of the stages. One of the stages is a little small. To be right. ten feet behind her and watch her do what she does, and she's got her arm extended out as far as it will go with a mic in her hand, and she's still blasting through my wedge at full volume because she's got that much power. Fuck that, dude. There, there's yeah. just <laughs> nothing like witnessing. There was a. I think it was the first or the second show. She, whatever note it was, it doesn't matter. Whatever song it was, it was one of her songs, I, th I believe. There was a point where, and this probably lasted a millisecond, but I remember it specifically in my head where I just wanted to stop playing and going, "How the fuck are you doing that?" Right. <laughs> There's no fucking all that's coming out of you because you know since you've met her, she ain't a big woman. No, she's no, little. she's little. She's little, yeah. She's a lot little. of hair. Lots of hair. A lot of hair. A lot of hair. <laughs> but she's little. She's only 5'2". Yeah. She's tiny. Yeah. So, but I, I remember that. I don't remember what show it is, but I remember that moment going, how the fuck are you doing that? There's no way you're doing that. Oh, shit. I'm supposed to be playing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, granted, it took a millisecond of time for that to happen. But, yeah, it's it's crazy. You, I'm sure, though, that you got to see a lot of people out there that you didn't think you were going to see. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's 
there was definitely, uh, and that was one of the cool things about the jam nights. Hope, unfortunately, with the, the Lonely Drunks Club, it never got, you know, Delana was, Delana and then Bruce Kulik were the, were the two from the, you know, Bruce Kulik played uh, guitar for Kiss right after, was it right after Ace Freely? Uh, he, he did. He was yes. on the the Animalize record, like that yeah. He was with them. He was with them the longest, other than the the what's the guy's name now, Tommy Thayer. Tommy Thayer, yeah. Yeah, he um, was with them through the whole fucking no makeup shit. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yep. he 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 did a couple couple shows um, with the Drunks, and so that and that was like that was the, that that was the goal was to get more well known musicians. So Delana. And Bruce were oh, and then actually that was uh, right before uh, right before he died. Um, Michael Starr, the bass player from Alice in Chains, actually oh yeah was, yeah, yeah. was uh, got to got to play with him. Uh, oh but, nice, uh, yeah that that was cool. Um, but that and then that kind of you know because there was there was just a lot of other projects that were going on between all the all the guys in the band, so it was kind of like it was tough for them to for them to keep that going. But when they started doing the Ultimate Jam Night and that kind of stuff, that's when you know those guys were. The guy that started it was Chuck Wright from Quiet Riot, and gotcha. then like Mitch Perry who played for Edgar Winter and like Lita Ford, and like they 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 was started by guys that are were already big time and knew a lot of like so then like Billy Sheen and like Nuno Betancourt and like all these like big 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 time artists came out and there was one night that I was actually I was out of town and I guess it never ended up happening but they had. David Lee Roth's Eat Him Smile band. So it was Steve Vai, Greg Bissonette, and I just said his name, Billy, Billy Sheehan, Sheehan. Bassley. Yeah. yeah. They had them all at ready to play. And then the singer from Steel Panther um, was going to get up and sing the set with them. My, um, Ralph, uh, my, you know, Michael Starr is, is his name, stage name. And then I guess right. David, David Lee Roth found out about it and he ended up fucking just going. And then he was backstage, and I guess they were there were so many people over. Uh, oh, is that where the fire marshal shut, shut down? Exactly. Yeah, I heard that story on Eddie Trunk's show. Yeah, he, he was because Eddie Trunk was there. Oh right, he, yeah, he was probably backstage with him. I would yeah, assume. he yeah he was talking about that. It it turned into one of those things that uh, uh, David exactly what you just said. David found according to Eddie Trunk, David found out, showed up really fast, and then the word somehow got around. Everybody knew David was there and they were gonna do the Eat Him and Smile with with Roth. So all these fucking people showed up. Oh yeah. And that's not happening. Yeah. There was I I I saw pictures of in videos of like the line that went down Highland and then Hollywood Avenue and it was like no shit, not exaggerating. It was it was like uh, almost a half mile of a line. That's crazy. So it, it is, man. It's like, damn, dude. It's like, yeah, you're not gonna get in. Like, come on. <laughs> if you're all the way back here, you know, you're legitimately like, you're seven, eight hundred yards from, and they're letting in a person whenever somebody comes out. Like, yeah, they're not. Come on, man. But people love Van Halen and David Lee Roth that much. So, yep, that is true. All right. Yeah. So before we get out of here, what is next for you, my friend? <sighs> Ah, tough question in these. Well, I, yeah, tough no. times, isn't it? <laughs> I was in an, in an ideal world. Obviously, you know, when the um, when this you know quarant- if this quarantine wasn't happening, it would be to you know. Well, I, I did. Ha- I actually did have an acoustic tour planned to Tampa and back for June. So that might probably won't happen. But um, you know, fortunately, I do have these songs that I have recorded, so I can. Um, 
I can be putting those out and then try to get some music videos and lyric videos and just, I guess, focus on the whole social media side of things, Spotify and YouTube and whatever. So, right. Well, well very cool. So then, uh, obviously with the, with the black plague and all that shit, I need, really need to stop saying that. I can't though. It's kind of funny. It's okay. It's fun. It's, I like it, it. It's kind of funny. Um, it is our black plague. Yeah. Our black plague. The, yeah. The, the, the current black plague, uh, <laughs> if you will, is, uh, Obviously, that's thrown a monkey wrench in the entire world. We've we've discussed that with everybody ad nauseum. But what other than the, the tour you had planned, were you ever going? Were you thinking about having like a full band, or were you just going to always be yourself, be, no, be by yourself? Uh, well, no, I, I do. I, uh, that was honestly the the goal for this year. Not the goal, like that's what that was the plan was to to do whenever I do um an, an original show would be with a band you gotcha. know unless unless it was something like you know like a radio or a podcast performance or whatever you know something, right. something like that but i want to especially like getting back to getting back to rock and roll and screaming and shit's different than i was doing like when i was doing like the kind of singer songwriter country thing so yeah right. band full band stuff is is preferred Okay, nice. Very, very cool. Well, with all that stuff said, where can everybody find you? Plug all your social media shit. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, Instagram is Dusty Vox, D-U-S-T-Y, V as in Valerie, O-X. Um, very specific and, with the name Valerie. Yeah, what's my mom's name? Ah, all right. And I can't pick lot, on you. And then people think, when I, you know, it's like, it's what's Vox? And it's like, it's vocals, you know what I mean? It's also guitar amp, but... Um, that I actually yeah. knew. I wasn't going to bust your balls for that. I was just busting your balls for the 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 immediate attachment to the name to the letter V, and it's your mom. So now I can't make any jokes. God damn it! <laughs> it's okay. She'd understand. Whatever. If you have, if you have a good enough joke to make. <laughs> My mom's a whore. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um. So yeah, Dusty Vox is my Instagram, and then Facebook is just. At Dusty Bow Music. Okay. And then um, I think Twitter is also at, it is, it's Dusty Vox as well. Gotcha. And you, do you have a YouTube channel or no? Yes. That's just, uh, I, I'm pretty sure everything's at Dusty, yeah, at Dusty Bow um, or Dusty Bow Music. But YouTube is that, yeah, YouTube is, is, is Dusty Bow Music. Okay, cool. And, okay. Um, and that's, that's all of that. That's all of that. Well, cool. Well, I will, and, and um, most people know that I will also put that in the show notes where, so everybody can find your shit. Uh, before we get out of here, do you have anything we did not cover? Uh, no, I don't think. Uh, I love the confusion on your face while you're uh, thinking. I'm a pretty confused dude. <laughs> well, good to know. Hey, I'm not that kind of confusion. <laughs> Easy, pal. <laughs> I've gotten you like seven times on this episode. That's great. I'm pretty gullible, man. <laughs> now, seriously, anything you that we forgot to talk about or anything you have pressing on your mind that you want to get off your chest? Uh, nothing that we talked about. I guess just a shout out to all the musicians that are struggling right now. Stay strong, man. Fucking we'll, hopefully, uh, hopefully this will you know, cause a spike and people coming out to see live music and not, For not scared. God, yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it's, hopefully it's, hopefully it's not the opposite to where it's either way. I just would any, any way we can get work, you know? Yep. Let's Every, do it. 
<clears throat> this is the one time where the competitiveness needs to get the fuck out of the way. Absolutely. We need to we need to all be on the same same sheet of music, dog. Agreed. All right, cool. Well, my brother, I uh, I appreciate your time. Yeah. And, uh, likewise, man. I think uh, we got some good stuff out of this. And uh, don't forget, if you miss the bonus show, you got to go back and listen to the single Bandit. And if you didn't, you suck at life. Brother, I appreciate it. <laughs> we will talk soon. Yeah, thanks, Steven. All right, see ya. Peace. Well, that's it, kids. That's the show for the week. Hope you dug it. Hope you laughed. Hope you got something out of it. Maybe decided that uh, it's never too late to do anything, even though he did his shit when he was young. It's still never too late to do anything. Hell, I'm almost 50 and I'm still trying to make music, but what the fuck do I know? So I hope this got you through some quarantine time, got you a little uh, release from the crazy media, which, by the way, speaking of the crazy media, I do have one thing to say. Uh, Some people in the world need to stay the fuck off the Internet in social media because they're losing their minds. I saw a video the other day of a rendering. It was um, an animation, a 3D animation rendering of the timeline of how the Titanic sunk or sank. It was pretty interesting. And then there was people in the comments, shocker, that were arguing over how the Titanic sunk or sank, whichever word you choose. People in their 20s. I stalked them. I had to figure it out. But even so, why the fuck are you arguing? You weren't there. Listen, people, stop losing your minds. You're going to get through this. That's it. It's my PSA for the week. I'm done. Make sure you check out Dusty Bow's stuff on all streaming services wherever you get your music. It is available Spotify, iTunes, yada, 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 yada. And uh, that's it. I am out of here. I've got some other shit to do. I've got some um, shows to play. I'm just kidding. I've got some other shit to do. I've got some other shows I'm working on. I've got some cool stuff coming up. You guys are going to be pleased. And uh, I know you were pleased with this episode with Dusty because I was. He's an awesome dude. Make sure you check him out. And that's it. I am out of here. And as I say at the new end of every episode, (gasps) stay safe and shit. Yep, that's right. Stay safe and shit. While you're staying safe, maybe practice your instrument, practice your writing, practice your drawing, all that kind of good stuff. Just make sure you're doing something to occupy your mind and don't go fucking crazy and stay off the goddamn internet. So until next time, I will talk at you soon.